Welcome back to Work Woman. This is gonna be a really fun episode. I feel like I start almost every episode by saying it's gonna be a fun episode, but it's because I'm so pumped about what I get to talk to you about. And uh, this one hits home for more businesses than I think I realized as our team grows and as the work that we do continues to expand into different industries and hundreds of businesses that go through our platform review process. It's fascinating to me how a business can spend $150,000 for our team to do a deep dive into where their marketing strengths and weaknesses are, what the target market looks like in order for them to be able to expand and get more of those types of clients, what their expansion analysis looks like and which locations they need to go into. And, and then the final section is the people section. And I've talked about this a couple of times where I used to say that the people section is the best section, but now I talk about how the financial modeling section is the most important and the best section because without clarity around your financials, it's really hard to create a strong culture. In episode 43, I go deep into how to motivate your team using compensation and it's just, it's been an awesome learning experience for me over the last two and a half years of delivering these platforms and really getting to work hands-on with these clients in their businesses because the premise of why people hire us is they wanna grow. Some businesses literally want to go 10X. They want to go from $2 million today to $20 million, or they wanna go from $20 million today to 200 million. Some businesses want to 4X, others want to 100X, like it really does run the gamut. And, and that's what makes my job fun. That's what makes the work that we do interesting and exciting because all of these businesses are different. However, what is surprising to me is how we can spend six months doing this deep dive and a business owner is committed enough to invest $150,000 in us putting this together and working with them and training them. And then we will get to the delivery and all of this information will be laid out with the opportunity and where they need to expand and what timing makes sense and, and the financial structure that needs to follow along with it and the marketing plan, and all of this stuff. And we get to the last section, which is the people section. And the business owner at that moment states that they are unwilling to get rid of one of their top producers or they're unwilling to get rid of the family member who is a complete drainer in the environment. Or maybe it's somebody who's been with the business for a long time and they just have this affinity for this team member. It's wild to me, wild, that a, a 10X, a, a literal like 10 times bigger opportunity is available to them and this picture is in front of them and it's hard for them and sometimes they refuse to do the one thing like it's not all of the things it's not the marketing it's not the finance at that point it's not the SWOT analysis that they need to implement it's handling and addressing the one person in the culture that they are unwilling to get rid of and I've broken this down into three categories because as we have delivered these they really do fall into these three buckets it's either the top performer so what this looks like is there is a top performer that's either in the sales side of the business or that's in the service side of the business that outperforms everybody else that likely does twice as much production maybe even three times more production than everybody else and the fear is if you remove that performer then the business is going to 
crash. The revenue will go down. Clients will be upset. It will be a huge uh, like state of emergency for the business. That's one bucket. The second bucket is the family member. That could be the brother, the aunt, the sister, the uncle, the cousin. It, it's a family member. And in a, a recent delivery, we actually had both of these scenarios. We had one person that had a top performer. We had one person that had a family member. As soon as you put the family member in the dynamic, you see the dynamic change. The executive team no longer wants to share their ideas and their thoughts, and the family member starts to kind of overtake the conversation, and the business owner just sits there. And you you don't have to be in the environment for more than 45 seconds to fully understand what is going wrong in the environment because the least experienced person is calling the shots and making it so uncomfortable for everybody else. And so then there's a third category. Um, and just before I move on to that, the second category, the fear would be obviously alienating the family member, right? Not having the same relationship, uh, really severing something that uh, would make an impact for a long time family holidays, uh, big milestone events. So that one is, is certainly more emotional than the top performer, but the top performer has this like pull because the business, like the emotional element of the business uh, underperforming all of a sudden because that person has left is, is just as difficult for people to, to grasp. The third one that probably is the, the most easily handled, but still in this category, would be the long-term employee. This is the person that may have started it with you, even though you're the leader and you're the entrepreneur and likely took on all the financial risk. They've been there for a long time. They know where all the bodies are buried. They uh, didn't ever document their processes, so they are kind of like the linchpin uh, for every single thing that happens in the organization, you know that if they were to leave, they kind of hold the keys to the kingdom. There could be a scenario where if they are just a great long-term employee, that it's not so much that they're manipulative, like with the hold the keys to the kingdom type of thing, and that they could ruin you if they, uh, if they left, but it would still be very difficult and emotional to let them go because they've been with you for so long and you're just okay with dealing with that. Those are the three types of team members that we see. And to the extent that you do not handle these team members, once you have made the commitment, once you have decided that you are going to expand, you will have a difficult time expanding. I'm not gonna say that it's going to be impossible, but it will likely be next to impossible for you actually to hit those goals. And I'm gonna go through those reasons now. One of the reasons why it's going to be impossible for you to hit the goals is your ability to bring on new team members who are capable of being able to help you grow and who could add value, it's going to be difficult because they're gonna see this dynamic. Again, you don't have to understand, you don't have to ask a bunch of questions in order to see when there's somebody in the environment that's causing issues, when there's the drainer in the environment. And and the only thing that a top performer who's coming outside your, or, who's from outside your organization, who's going to come into the organization, needs to look for is how you, the business owner, handle that person. Do you let them get away with constantly being late? Do you let them run the meetings and they just, totally overshadow everybody, but they don't really make a lot of sense. Do you not hold them accountable to the exact same things that you hold everybody else accountable to? Maybe they don't even show up to the meeting, but they still participate, but you don't really know what that looks like. That's one of the first reasons, is you're really not going to be able to add 
new team members to the environment to be able to create the expansion. Now, the second piece, which might even be worse than the first one, would be your existing team not taking you seriously that you're really going to change. Because for them to start to be accountable, for them to hold themselves to this new standard of growth and to make that change, they're initially going to be resistant. And people, when they're initially resistant, they're going to push back at first. But when you see continued commitment over and over and over again, people who are resistant will eventually either continue to select into the environment or remove themselves. Ideally, they remove themselves quickly because you are so committed. You undermine your commitment to those team members when you let somebody off the hook. All of a sudden, your culture is changing and everybody's required to show up to a morning meeting and you do quarterly team meetings and talk about personal, professional, and financial goals. But your brother-in-law refuses to do personal, professional, and financial goal planning with his team members and his team members are friends with your administrative team or your marketing team. And it, it becomes very clear that one team is doing one thing and all of the others are doing something entirely different. So you continue to send this message to everybody inside, you're not really serious about this. So the third thing, are you actually serious about this? Like this is where it, make the decision, make the commitment to either go all in or to just stay where you're at right now. But think with this, are you going to let one person, the family is probably gonna be the hardest one, uh, top performer, second hardest, and long-term employee third. Whoever that person is, Joe, Sally, Susan, Eric, whatever their name is, are they gonna be the reason that you do not take yourself, the business, the impact, and the team, and the potential team serious enough to go forward with whatever your goals are? Like, is that one person enough? And if they're not, and hopefully they're not, because I'm gonna give you some tips on how to successfully navigate either an exit or a change, but you have to at first start the process by being really real with yourself that you will never make the change that you wanna make with continuing to let that person stay the exact same way that they are, are currently in the environment. I do wanna get into, if you've made the commitment, ideally you're not still listening to this if you haven't made the commitment, I'm gonna wait for like a couple seconds just so that anybody who's not committed can leave. Okay, hi, my committed people. You guys are the best. This is why I love doing this show, because people who stay committed and who are committed will work through hard things, because this is gonna be the hard part. You've identified that this person is going to be a rate limiting factor for you to get to your goals, and you're not gonna be okay with that. But then what do you do? You can't just fire them tomorrow. You can start to imagine a world that exists harmoniously, where you're able to grow and scale your business, hopefully with this person still intact, but in the right way, in the way that you want them to contribute. Picture that and make that be like your ideal scene while you're going through the hard process of allowing it to be their decision because you can want it to work out and you should want it to work out. It is not a bad thing that you want to make everybody be able to grow and to take these people along with you. But where you have to differentiate you wanting it and you forcing it is by allowing it to be their decision and creating really clear cut processes and systems and accountability for that person to either select into or to select out of a system in the exact same way that every other team member gets to select into or select out of a system. So first things first, core values. 
this is where our handy dandy core values come into play. The episode for core values, I will get that to you in like just a second. If you don't have core values, I highly recommend you use it, but this is where the rubber meets the road for how you actually use core values. What I say on the that podcast and what I'm gonna also say now is I am a bias fan of our own core values because I know that they work. And this is the perfect example for why one of our core values works. And that core value is discipline. So in most cases that we find these three different buckets of underperformers or maybe top performers, but people that you have to handle, they are not doing the exact same things that everybody else is doing. Discipline in our environment, we even go to the Uh, extent of defining what discipline is. Discipline is doing the things you say you're going to do. If the top performer lashes out at a team member and then afterwards apologizes, maybe they don't even apologize. So how do you fix this problem? Again, I know that this is sensitive and if it was easy to handle, you would have handled it already. One of the episodes that I'm going to be recording very soon is core values. And in the core values episode, we're gonna go into the core values that I recommend. And the reason I recommend them is because I actually use them in scenarios like this. So that will be like the 101 as to why core values are important, what they should be, like the list of approved ones, which ones suck. But on this one, you're gonna get access to like the 201, which is like, how do you actually use this in a difficult situation? They aren't just fluffy little words that you put into place and throw them up on a wall. How do you use it? One of our core values is discipline. And in this particular example, when it comes to team members who are creating bad cultures, most of the instances that our clients share with us are around the discipline of that team member. Meaning if they're the top performer, they don't think that they have to put sales notes in your CRM because they're the best at doing sales. Or if it's the family member, uh, they don't have to implement certain processes because you know they don't really like processes and uh, processes aren't important to them. Or maybe if it's the long-term employee, They show up late, they don't really move as fast as the rest of the team, they turn in things late. And so you you can see all of these types of problems can exist and you put in a word like discipline and you actually define it. So for us at Cardone Ventures, when we say the word discipline is a core value, we mean that you do the things that you say you're going to do. That's our definition of discipline. You do the things you say you're going to do. So if somebody tells me that they are going to submit a report by five o'clock on Friday, now rarely just like an aside on that, rarely do people tell me, oh yeah, I'll submit a report to you at five o'clock on Friday, Natalie. It's always, hey, I need this report by five o'clock on Friday. Uh, I don't live in this magical world where people just send things on time or suggest to send things to me just to make sure that everything is organized. Like I ask for it. But as soon as I get the commitment back, and as soon as you get commitment back to do the HubSpot or the CRM notes, or you do ask for somebody to show up on time and set that as an expectation. When they do not do it, you have to remind them, hey, remember that our core value is discipline? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that from the interview process where I had to make a presentation about how I've been disciplined in previous work environments. Okay, great. Yeah, so when I asked you to put the report in my inbox at 5 and you didn't get it to me till Monday at 2.30, is that you doing what you said you're going to do? 
well, no, and that conversation plays out. So this is just a verbal conversation. It is a reminder that you said something and that it didn't get done and that you want this to be fixed, but utilizing this framework of core values. When, not if, when it happens a second time, and the reason I say when is if they are killing your culture currently, I know that this stuff happens. It might even happen multiple times a day, not even once a day or once a week. Like I know that this behavior is rampant and going to continue to happen over and over and over again. When it happens the second time, you call them into your office and you bring up the instance. Hey, remember when you said you were gonna do this? Oh yeah, 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 five o'clock on Friday. Okay, well it didn't get into my inbox until one o'clock on Tuesday. Oh yeah, blah, 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 this is my excuse. Here is a verbal warning and it has documentation with it. Here's a verbal warning for you not submitting this. And unfortunately this has to go in your HR file because this is the new way that we are handling business. And this is because we have rolled out these core values. This is really critical for the business to be able to utilize uh, and trust that you're gonna be able to do the things you say you're gonna do. So here's this verbal warning, this is what you're um, this is what the vision of this conversation is. This is what the commitment is. This is what the execution steps look like. Do you understand that you need to be submitting reports by five o'clock on Friday? Have them sign it and then you send it back. Have I gone through, have I gone through, Will, the performance or the termination process? I think it's, it's why I love firing people. Yeah. When you have them sign the documentation, the execution step, and I go into this in episode 15, why I love firing people, I actually hate it, but I go through like the actual process and the steps. The step is to specifically say like, this is the next step. If you do the same thing again, this is the next step. So the next step after that, it's still technically considered a verbal warning, but you've documented it and you've put it in an HR file. When you move that into the final step, which is a performance improvement plan, the final step after a performance improvement plan is termination. And so you share with them, hey, if you do this again, we're gonna go into performance improvement plan, but I wanna make sure that you're aware that after a performance improvement plan, if you do it another time, you no longer have the opportunity to work here. As soon as a team member knows how serious you are, you've, you're changing. You are now serious about something that you were no longer serious about. As soon as they know that you're serious about this behavior being corrected, it is their choice to either continue to be bad in their behavior or to make themselves able to do whatever task it is. You will watch, like it is an inflection point, you will watch to see do they become terrible and disastrous in the culture or do they start to straighten their stuff up because boundaries have been created and they're going to respect the boundaries. But that moment always takes place when you do the first verbal warning that is documented and put into an HR file because without that it just it's you nagging it's you talking it's you saying oh don't do that again or why won't you do that or even worse not saying anything at all and just continuing to allow them to do it but you say I'm putting this in your HR file and the next step is a performance improvement plan oh shit mom and dad are home there is no more partying at the place like we're shutting this shit down and we're getting really serious about what this environment needs to look like that's gonna be the hardest part. And you really have to be paying attention as soon as that happens to how they are engaging in the culture. That is like critical because if they're a family member and if they're a long-term team member, as we talked about in the beginning, they have the ability to mess some things up. You likely trusted them more than you should have with 
passwords and client information and accounts. And so there is some damage control that you need to do and be prepared for in the business in case they're gonna be ticked and raise hell in the process of this termination. But that does not mean that you back off and that you don't still go through with the process. So they do it one more time and you go through the performance improvement plan. And at that point, it is clearly documented. They had the choice to either fix the behavior, they don't fix the behavior, and then you move forward with saying, you know, you no longer have the opportunity to work here and making as smooth of a transition as possible. If they are not willing to make the change in that process and you gave them three chances to do so, you should not have any moment of doubt worry, fear. I don't care what your mom is going to say to you at the family Christmas party. You did everything you could to make it their choice to do something that you clearly stated they needed to do in the environment that you're created. All of a sudden you are making the decision to do what is in the best interest, the very best interest of the team and the clients that you serve. You're no longer making sacrifices because you're too scared to handle the elephant in the room. There's this thing called like lead, uh, killing the shoot. No. Shooting the lead elephant, I think that's what it's called. And if look up shooting the lead elephant because you're gonna find some like interesting statistics around what happens when you shoot the lead elephant and how it changes the rest of the culture. Because remember, you're killing your culture right now by allowing that to take place. So by shooting the lead elephant in the culture, uh, I'm excited to look up what, I mean, I looked this up like four or five years ago and it's always stuck with me, but like the specific statistics around what takes place in an environment is pretty fun. So I'm also gonna do that right now. Guys, I appreciate that you want to show up to your team in a different way and I appreciate that you want to grow and that you want to 10X and that's why you're here. Um, but make no mistake that it is a very serious commitment when you have people involved and it's not as easy as you just listening to a podcast and saying you're gonna be committed, but then showing up into your office and not taking yourself and your goals seriously. This is where the rubber meets the road. You can learn so much information, you can listen to podcasts, but to the extent you're not willing to handle the hard things, make difficult choices and sacrifices in order to get to where you wanna go, you're just learning information and gonna become an incredible student, but never actually get to where you want to go. So with that, appreciate each and every one of you. Please share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. If you've worked in a business or know a business or in a family business where this exists or with the top performer dynamic, please send it to that person so that those businesses are going to be set up for success and they can actually thrive. I can hardly wait to see you next week on the Work Woman Podcast. All right, so I thought I was gonna end this episode until I decided to Google shooting the lead elephant and nothing of what I was thinking of actually came up. So I tried to call Brandon because I think Brandon was the one that we originally talked this through. I was thinking it was like a Harvard Business Review. There's nothing. So please do not look up shooting the lead elephant because you're just gonna get some sad videos about like who shoots elephants. Like, I mean, come on. But the premise behind it, I thought, was like when you shoot the lead person, the whole thing changes. I'm gonna find this for you guys at some point, but maybe it's like cutting the head off a snake. Will and I went through a whole bunch of ideas of what it actually is supposed to be, and I am at a loss for words since Brandon is not picking up the phone right now. So do not Google that, but still share this episode with your friends and your family and people who need to be uh, handling cultures that are not working for them.